Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode... One, eight, six. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at one of the greatest Pixar slash Disney animations of all time, Toy Story. And then it's on to Pokemon, and we will attempt to catch them all. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Whoa, hoi, Darren. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And a very special guest to help us with these topics, Scotty the Toy Hunter. Scotty, welcome to Toy Power. Hello, hello. How are we? We're very good. good and fantastic, <laughs> fantastic to have you on because your collection is very different to what we collect. And we always love seeing the different things people collect. And we're going to get into that. And we will do it in typical Toy Power styles with the get to know you questions. So first, put yourself back in your 10-year-old self, and tell us about your favourite film as a 10-year-old. So, 10-year-old me, I, it was, uh, I don't even know when I was when I was 10, but Dunstan Checks In was my jam. Nice. Wow. The, the Army Elephant film, is that right? Oh, no, no, that no. was a monkey. No, that was Operation Dumbo Drop, which was... <laughs> right. Right, sorry. <laughs> wrong wrong animal. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the monkey Dunstan one, wasn't check it? Check in. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. So the uh the Majestic Hotel and you had the boy from the Santa Claus as the main kid and um uh, Lord Rutledge who's a nobody, but he came in with his monkey and they were like jewel thieves and then uh that's right. the monkey was being abused and so he befriended the little boy and then shenanigans followed and <laughs> You know, as a 10-year-old, I was like, I want to have a monkey. Yeah. Splits and jump on beds in five-star hotels. That was my jam. So. Is there any throwing of feces in this film? Ooh. No, no. but I, <laughs> I put in my notes. Something explains funny. why Trey hasn't watched it. No, I mean, that's, I'd be down for that. But... <laughs> I actually had in my notes because I've actually got it on DVD and I bought it way back when and it's G-rated, but it's got some very, like, controversial, you'd probably call it humour for a um, for a G-rated film. And one of the things I wrote down was the... Uh, overtly sexual scene where he sneaks into a massage and gives a woman like a, <gasps> uh, and she's all like, oh, oh yeah, you know. And like, <laughs> like the 90s were just a different time. They were loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I reckon uh, Toxic Avenger had a PG rating. Um, back really? then. No, oh. no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it was a hard R. <laughs> all righty. Now this is going to be interesting. What was your favorite toy? As a 10-year-old. Yeah, as a 10-year-old. So I will get into that, but my favourite toy, because I didn't have a lot of toys when I was younger. I got into toys when I was older, surprisingly. But my favourite toy was the Matchbox Car Crasher playset. So it was this little playset from Matchbox where it had a little crane 
you would pick your matchbox car up then there was a little crank you would wind and it would lift the car up and it would drop it in a little pit and then you'd push a button and there was a secret trap door that the car would drop out and be oh, yeah. safe yeah. but it would spit out this crushed up cube and it was yeah. just like <laughs> the coolest thing so, and you could yeah, pretend was... to put like you know your, your bad Tricking guys in it. the car yeah, yeah. crush them in and then just bury them in the in landfill yeah, good way to get rid of your friends get them to bring over their ultra rare matchbox and go, <laughs> yeah. hey check this out here you go no what have you done <laughs> gold very good um and any uh, love love this question because you probably do a lot of hunting in the wild what's your best score what's the best thing you found on one of your hunts or one of the boxes that you get in what's sort of like just the grail item that's okay. popped out of it so I got I got two for you. One is my favorite, like the biggest surprise I found, and then another one's just a bonzer story. So <laughs> I'll start with the great thing I found, which is this guy. I know that people at home can't see. Oh yeah, so Wally. Yep. Little, yep. Little Wally. So I was trawling Gumtree as I do pretty much every night, and that's the you know if anyone wants a tip of how I find stuff, consistency because you've just got to be on there. Yep. But trawling it one night, and up popped this ad, and it was about forty minutes from my house, and it was this really badly taken photo and the guy's like selling some old Wally toys. And I was like, and it was 20 bucks. And I'm like, Ugh. and I said to my wife, uh, I was like, let's just, let's go. I said, I don't know, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Why not? <laughs> and um, <laughs> we got there and I actually got not one, but two of this. So I know people can't see cause uh, podcasts are a audio medium, but <laughs> uh, I'll show you guys. So the little eyes, you push the little eyes and they pop up and then you push a little button on the back and his feet oh, pop up. Oh. And then you push another little button on the back and his arms, arms pop out. out. So he's yeah. called Press and Pop Wally. And I got not one, but the guy had two of them. And that Eve that you can see yep. in the yep. background there, yep. which yep. is a Press and Pop thing as well. I got all of those for 20 bucks. Oh. Sell out of box. Um, I sold the second one that I got for $120. Jeez. Nice. It's it a was, really uh, nice toy. Like yeah. the way it folds up yeah. and compacts together. Mm. And it looks, yep. I mean... It looks like that's a prop kind Pretty of from accurate, the film. Like it looks yeah. really nice. Yeah, yeah. Up, his little belly opens yep. up with his rubbish and the um the wheels move around and stuff. It's a really it was made by Thinkway Toys. Yep. Back when the movie came out, and I have a lot of Thinkway stuff because they make really nice toys, especially with your Pixar and your Disney properties. But um, couldn't believe it. I was just like twenty bucks, and Dumb. I thought, oh, I'll probably get some knockoff junk because you get a lot of that on Gumtree. Yep. But yeah, two of them. And the Eve, and yeah, so I ended up selling the second one because I didn't need two, and I bought a couple of Baymaxes with it. So nice. wild, winning, great yeah. score. Yep, that was the best score. Now, the, my favorite one, my favorite story to tell is about uh, this guy here, which again everybody can't see, but it's a Ooh. Andy's toy box snow globe slash um, music box, and the story nice. about this one is great. So I did some googling. And found out that there's a suburb in Adelaide called Elizabeth. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. yep. Correct. And, um, it's pronounced Elizabeth. 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 I saw that. Yes. So imagine. And and, and um, the shopping centre is pronounced Senna. Go to the Senna. Senna. Nice. So imagine going to Elizabeth. Uh, in the Brisbane equivalent, which in Brisbane, our equivalent is uh, Red Bank uh, or Goodnar. And we joke that it's Goodnar. <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, I'd seen this ad on Gumtree for this thing. I had no idea what it was. It was actually broken. So 
I put it all back together and fixed it. But when it was advertised, Buzz Lightyear wasn't on there. Um, the snake was broken off. This was broken off. Ham was broken off. So it was in a few pieces. And anyway, the, the she goes, oh, I want 50 bucks. And I said, oh, look, it's broken. How about 20? And so she said, yeah, all right. So I trekked around there. I roll up to this house in Elizabeth <laughs> and um, the grass is overgrown. And I'm like, oh. oh my gosh, what am I walking into? I'm walking up the driveway. There's junk everywhere. I can smell pot. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> this dog starts barking. It bashes open the screen door that clearly isn't locked, right? Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. And anyway, it's the middle of winter and this girl walks out, tiny hours in these short little like bike pants and a singlet. And she's like, I was like, um, I'm here to get the Toy Story thing. She's like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> she pops out. She hands it to me, and she's given me the um, the broken pieces in, like, a little dime bag. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So I've tracked home. I've gone to clean it. I've started cleaning it with little cotton buds and all the stuff I clean them with. And all these little baby cockroaches just oh, oh. disgusting run out of it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I gotten into? So I finally got it all cleaned up. I photographed it. I sent it to my mate, who's a massive Pixar collector. I said, you got any idea what this is because you have no idea what I've been through to get it. <laughs> and it turns out that it's a Disney store exclusive Toy Story 3, Andy's Toy Box, and they sell for anywhere from $500 to $1,000. Oh, wow. And wow. It for 20 bucks. So. <laughs> well, Beautiful. She, she probably got it for, for $0 from... Uh... <laughs> Back of a truck. Just want to say that we love the people at Elizabeth and Adelaide's North, and we're not we're not slamming or criticising anyone. There's nothing wrong with anyone, and certainly any any listeners or patrons from out out that way, we we love you at Elizabeth. We, yeah. we we love them, but Darren, I mean, does that person come across as someone that would fly over and get a Disney Store exclusive? For five hundred dollars, no, it, it does make you wonder. <laughs> I feel like, but then, again, so, I um... fly, but then again, I'll say that to someone who hasn't flown over and got a Disney store exclusive either. <laughs> so, well, I feel like she was a nice little girl who got a toy but needed a hit. So I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine it in my head. <laughs> what a story! Wow, there you go. That's well, I mean, five hundred dollars. That's a uh, epic epic find well we're gonna segue that's a lovely segue into our next topic which is about toy story and <laughs> toy story for me was i think the first full cgi film that i ever saw and feature length and it probably is the first mm. one of the first full-length cgi films that was i believe made. it is uh, no I, I seem to remember it being marketed that way at the time yeah absolute genius the the, the three sequels so they've done one two three and four in my opinion all solid films all great in their own way and we'll uh, talk a little bit and, and peaked at three four was pretty good yes four was good honestly three I, I cried the emotional the cinema, yes. and, the, and again a second time the gravatar of yeah. three in terms of emotional weight is fantastic but thinking back to two how how funny is like for as a collector yeah i love two because there's the whole mint in box concept yep. throughout. Uh, can be put finding, on display. Finding, yeah, yeah. finding the depth that this kid is holding this rare woody figure that's part of, you know, yeah. a, a much older than he is. It's not just something that his yep. mum bought. It's actually his parents' toys, so to speak. So I think that's, that gives a lot of history to the handing on 
of toys yeah. and things uh, and uh, yeah, speaks to us down. yeah speaks yeah. to us as collectors but also what people actually have to do you know yep. or do mm-hmm. you know this is what i played with here you go yeah i like that but we're talking about okay so a very very impressive film franchise quality quality films four films now hopefully we get another one the merchandise in this space is really interesting because there's a lot of target you know your buzz light year and your and your woodies and all mm. that sort of stuff but in this space as scotty was talking about with these higher end disney store exclusives there's a lot of that other higher end stuff so mm. there's a lot of different companies producing toys which is a, a really interesting space for it be because it's disney and it's a big property um so some really really nice stuff but for you scotty what what is it about Toy Story that has sucked you in, I guess. And do you have a, a favourite character from the franchise? So, uh, favourite character is hands down, and again behind me, Buzz Lightyear. I mean, as a kid, who doesn't love a karate chopping, laser shooting, <laughs> ninja kicking sp- man from space, right? I do. Uh, <laughs> as I got older and and rewatched the films more. Buzz just became uh, like my, like he epitomized everything that I saw in like a superhero. Cause I, you know, big, if true controversial see Woody as mostly the villain in the franchise. That's fair. So I've always been a big Buzz Lightyear fan. I do have a lot of Woody's because I am very much about collecting villains as well. <laughs> but it's 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 not for a shared love. It's he, he, I need my yin and my yang. So but yeah, and no, the the franchise itself. So as I sort of alluded to uh, before, I didn't have a lot of um, a lot of toys growing up. Um, so basically, I used to live with my dad and my stepmom, and it was very like the only thing I had back then was my matchbox, and I had a Sega with like the Michael Jackson Moonwalker yep. game. Yep. And, yep. Wonder Boy and Alex the Kid. And that was basically all my exposure to uh, toys and pop culture and anything to do with video games. And uh, when I was eight, so 1995, uh, my dad said to me, you're going to go meet your mum, which was a bit weird because I had a mum, but it turns out that was my stepmum. So I got popped on a plane, sent up to, because uh, I was living in Sydney at the time, sent up to Queensland to meet my mum, who I didn't know existed. My grandparents were there as well. And my pappy, he actually took me to the cinema and the and it was December of 1995, which was obviously mm-hmm. when Toy Story hit cinemas. So for me, not only did I fall in love with the film, but it was very nostalgic because I was this very sheltered kid who'd never really seen any cartoons, had any exposure to pop culture, anything like that. And then I got taken to this big cinema screen and I'd never been to a cinema before. And Toy Story was the first film uh, that I ever saw. And so it's always had a very special place because it's a very strong connection to my, uh, my pappy and um, yeah, very cool film overall. Oh, wow, yeah, man. That's, that's, absolutely. that's a massive yeah. Crazy. story. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, quick round the room. Who's favorite? Who's your favorite, Frank? Oh, I'd have to agree with Scotty. Buzz Lightyear. I I was a big Tim Allen fan, thanks to Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. And I, for whatever reason, as much as this might cause controversy, I have an irrational hate for Tom Hanks. He's just one of these (laughs) acts. I go, do you know what? You're too damn perfect. Everyone thinks you should run for president. There's got to be something wrong with you. I don't trust you. And so, have you seen the way he spreads Vegemite on tip toast? (laughs) 
Tom have, Hanks. You, have you seen it? Yeah. No? Yeah. It's, have you seen that, Darren? He just yeah, lathers yeah. it. Lathers yeah. his bread with Vegemite. Like, he, like it's... And he can uh, eat it? A paste. Oh, I don't know. He took a photo of it. Oh, I, okay. I suspect he didn't. When he was in Australia. Australia. When he was in Australia. <laughs> okay. But there, he, there is... That that's an evil man that does that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Buzz Lightyear is the whole like you know from space thing exactly to Scotty's point, and uh, yeah, he he gets better in every or in, as far as the films go. I think he has the most character development and stuff. So. Well, he certainly has a lot of character development because mm. he believes he's the yeah. real Buzz Lightyear. Yep, and that whole arc is is quite. Yeah, there's some emotional moments when he realizes he's just a toy, and even in three, when he gets, you know, he the, they flip the Spanish yeah. switch and he's yeah. dancing around. I'm like, oh, that appeals to my <laughs> European nature. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> Trent, what's yours, man? Uh, look, I love Buzz, obviously, but there's there's a few. I've got a soft spot for a, a number of the characters. I love Rex, and I love Rex yes. for the fact yes. he is. He's essentially the Tycho Dino Riders yep. T Rex, and he even makes reference. We've talked about this before, but. When they when they're introducing everyone in the first movie, it's like you know, hey, I'm I'm Rex, and I was made by a small a small company that was acquired by a larger conglomerate in a hostile takeover. Like, and he's referring to Tyco being purchased by by Mattel. Like it's, it's brilliant. It's it's the genius of that writing and the level of depth that the writers have gone to with their toy history yep. to put that into a film. Um, Do you know what's great about that trend is? Um, when they did Toy Story 1, Rex uh, Hasbro actually had the rights to Rex. And in the film, he says, oh, I'm from Mattel, but, you know, buy out from a small company. Yep. As of 2009, Mattel now has the rights to Rex. So it's kind of like they predicted the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mattel ended up with the rights to him, even though they didn't have it when that film first came out. <laughs> ah. So funny. Yeah, because obviously they were referencing... Yep. where the Dino Riders license yes. was. But isn't that... Yeah, that's a fascinating little <laughs> turn of events. So, But look, I mean, so many good characters in there. Uh, I love the Potato Heads. I think the Potato Heads have yeah. some wonderful lines, like, I'm packing your angry eyes. <laughs> um, like, that that sort of stuff is just <laughs> comedic gold. I think that's that's Jerry Seinfeld... Um, uh, not, not Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Ben Stiller's dad that does the Potato oh, Head. Oh, yeah. Jerry Stiller. Uh, Jerry Stiller, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think the mum from uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. So Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, I know the um, ham, of course, is uh old mate from uh, Cheers, okay. who, who appears in... Uh, he's one of the barflies from Cheers. I forget the actor's name, but he appears in all the Pixar stuff in some way or right. another. Like, he's their, he's their Deadpool, I reckon. As yep. far as a voice actor, he's very, very mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah, for me, reoccurring, like, got to have a shout-out to Buzz, of course. But my favourite character didn't appear till number three, and that was Twitch. Twitch, yeah. right? Twitch is, and for those that are listening, can Twitch you give us the, a line? Give yeah, us one of his uh, best just, lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitch, uh, he's the green insectoid-looking character, and he carries a yellow staff that, unfortunately, he hardly ever gets packed in as when he comes out for release uh, in in actual toy form. But he is, um, he's very masters of the universe. Well, that's, he's right? referencing masters. Yes, yeah. 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 And I've I've got six of them now from the mm. regular line. I've got a articulated, I don't know, SH Figarts or whatever, um, or maybe some other. A, high, a more high-end, highly articulated uh, version of Twitch that does come with the staff, and I've got little minis and um, aspects and things that I've picked up uh, at cons, you know, for next to nothing. But, yeah, anything Twitch I gravitate towards and I can't say no to. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, very cool character. 
Yeah, I land with Ben. Um, Twitch and Buzz uh, are my my two favourites by by far. Um, I kind of kind of agree. You know, Woody is you know the villain. You know, you see his his jealousy and his envy and vanity dictate turn of events. He's really in many ways the puppet master, I guess, of you know a lot of what goes down, particularly early on. You know, that's not so I don't like him. I think he's he's a well-rounded character too. But Buzz and you can't go past and you can't go past Twitch. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the, the other, we're talking about, you know, sort of quantifying, you know, your favourite. We talked about the movies. Quick, around the room, Toy Story, rank the movies. One, two, three, four. Give us your one, two, three, four order. Scotty, start. Oh, I could I could start with some controversy. Here. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. I'll start with number four. How we start, we'll work to number Ooh. one. I'm putting toys. It was hard. I uh, actually rewatched all four films in the last couple of days to make sure I was <laughs> so prepared. With, yeah. yeah. Have you listened to the show before? Because preparation is not one of our strong suits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at number four, I actually have Toy Story three, which. What? Oh, <laughs> that hurts. Controversy. So Oof. for me, you take out the first 10 minutes with Andy having to go through that whole process of, you know, growing up and mm. leaving his yep. toys. And you take out the last 10 minutes where he hands the toys over. And basically you've just got an hour and 20 minutes of slapstick nonsense with some hijinks and some shenanigans. But uh, What about that conveyor belt dumpster scene? Uh, spoiler oh, alert. That, yeah. was, that was hard. <laughs> I'm not crying. There's a, there's something in my eye. <laughs> so much dust. I went, I went and saw that movie with, with a hundred of my work colleagues. And I'm like tearing up yeah. in the cinema. And I was like, all oh, right, this is... Uh, Oh, 30, 30 odd year old man just uh, can't make it through <laughs> a kids show the thing. if they I said to my wife like, if they'd killed them beautiful like, <laughs> and how many traumatised children <laughs> Optimus Prime factor yeah. and the franchise children, what about the what about the adults and I say that in inverted commas like us you know, We'd be traumatized if they killed them. <laughs> I think that was the. I think that's. I mean, it's a great film, but it was my number four because I just felt like the consequences in that movie were the less real because mm-hmm. it was just like yeah, it was this impossible situation. But they just tripped over and magically. And plus, let's be honest, Lotso. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> I thought he was going to have this moment when like Woody helped him out and he was going to have this growing experience, and he was like, "No, nah, see ya." Like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like I, yep. I like my villains with a bit of. Depth and a bit of complexity not just you know oh, i'm a dick so you know, yeah. <laughs> his moment was in cable tied to the front of the dumpster catching flies for the rest of his life yeah mm. all right so that's four so oh, four so yep then number three i had uh and this this the, the top three i gotta say were tough like it, i was jumbling them around but number three i've got toy story two i did like it i was like solid movie plot you know, it actually had three villains because you had Zerg. Yep. As, you know, yes, kind of... love the introduction cool. of Zerg. Yeah. yeah. And that was my favorite, like the comedic villain. And then you had um, Al and Al just did not do us any favors, did he? No, you know? no, no. <laughs> as a toy collector, I'm just watching that movie, wanting to punch him in the face. <laughs> the, the scene, I think out of all the things he did, the scene where he's eating the cheese puffs and Woody's arm has fallen onto the ground and he picks it up with cheese puffing. Oh. I'm like, what 
oh, you actually <laughs> triggered. <laughs> like, I was gone. So, and then obviously, then you had uh, the prospector. So, it like there was a good movie, but there was a, I think there was a lot going on. But I really enjoyed I enjoyed Rex's little subplot where he because you know Rex is this big imposing dinosaur, but he's like deeply insecure and not sure of himself and he went through his own little side plot where he had to defeat zerg and he he found his confidence and his voice and all the rest of it you know i enjoyed that and i enjoyed the sort of subplot with um jesse coming to terms with the fact that you know in life you get hurt but sometimes you just got to pick yourself up and and keep going but the whole thing again woody annoys me so Mm -hmm. being that the thing largely centered around woody being a selfish kind of toy who wants to do what is best for him um i was a little bit like yeah so that's number three Mm. number two toy story the original Mm -hmm. and i will get to because i know that four is not everybody's favorite but um no i didn't it got the number two spot i think purely because uh, i don't know how much you know about the history of toy story they actually started um filming that i think in 1987 was when they started storyboarding and doing it all and because the technology wasn't there um steve jobs got involved and he was a big part of the mm. development process and then obviously there was the whole black friday saga where they nearly got shut down because disney's like you can't make this it's just it's evil and garbage and woody's like a horrible person and so there was that whole and so i think it has to be number two because of the journey and the amount of work and care and i mean they really pushed what was possible for uh, you know, animation on a big screen. Yep. And I think, yeah, you know, definitely. that's that was a real big part of it. The story itself, again, was a little bit like, you know, oh, I want to push a guy out the window because I'm jealous and now, oh, my friends don't like me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I better help this guy out. Like, you know, like, and... Um, Tom Hanks is evil. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which gets me to my number one, which is hands down number four. And... I, I was arguing with my wife. She's like, how can you make number four the first one? It's number three, the scene with the dumpster. <laughs> like everybody. But um, I think for me, watching number four was like a breath of fresh air. The story yep. in it is fantastic. Like you've got really believable characters who are going through real stuff. So you've got like Gabby Gabby yep. as the villain. And, you know, she's this deeply Thanos level complex villain where you're like, you, you want to hate her, but at the same time, you're like rooting for her because you're like, gosh, I can see where you're coming from, but like you're going about it the wrong way. And then you've also got, you know, Forky, who's just been willed into existence. Trash, I'm like, trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's going through this whole like identity crisis. Of like, I'm a what? No, I want to jump in the bin. No, no, you know, and, and then like you've got... um you know buzz who there's like that that passing of the torch where buzz is sort of you can see them setting up for him to take over the tribe and he's going through this what do i do without woody to tell me and he's just pushing his button being like you know listening to his random (laughs) um, voice box dialogue and just doing random crap and then um my new favorites uh ducky and bunny (laughs) any scene that they're in is just (laughs) comic like that scene where they're like how do we get the keys? And then they're like, we'll do this and we'll do it. And then yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like going so like good. murderball. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was, oh. I couldn't breathe the second one because yeah. they played it out twice. Yeah. And I was laughing so much at the first one. The second one, 
I was I couldn't breathe. I literally was <laughs> gasping for air. I was laughing so much. <laughs> and then the third one where they do this whole thing where she goes home and yeah, and, and then you're like, where is this going? And then they go murder the ball again, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, and and then and Bo as well, like Bo Peep. Is yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. Such a good throwback, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, and. You know, there was a bit of me when, um, and we'll jump train, but when um, Captain Marvel came out and everyone's just feminism, that feminine. I love it when they write a strong female character like they did with Bo Peep in Toy Story, mm. but it's just there. It's not like shoved in your fa- Like, you can't argue. She's bossing Woody around. She's got a little skunk mobile. Mm. Yep. She's got it. And I love it when they write really good, strong female characters, but they don't shove it in your face. Yeah. It's just... It's there, and they don't have to make it. Well, it's it's like it's, organic, it's like yeah. Sarah Connor, yeah. you know, from a Terminator to Terminator Two. It's like uh, Lieutenant yeah, Ripley from it. Alien to yeah. Aliens. Like it's just, I love that. You know, I'm the I'm the helpless uh, dame in distress for the first movie, but then I come back yeah. and I'm I'm you know Karen a Vengeance yeah. style. I love it. Because yeah. of what yeah. I've been through. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. All right, yeah, Frank. Oh, sorry. She ended up with Woody, and, she... <laughs> <laughs> and it just kicked into the curb, and, and I don't know, maybe dated a Benson doll or something. <laughs> and uh, uh, Captain Captain Canuck was it? Who's um, oh, yep. yeah, Keanu Duke Reeves? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Where is he? He's up here, Duke Kaboom. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm not sure I can sort of compete with that list because you've I've clearly watched them a lot more recently than than the rest of us, and and now it kind of makes me want to go back and watch Number Four again because I I remember having a good. I've done it. I remember having a good time with number four, but the more I think about it, I was like, yeah, it's got this, it's got that, it's got that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and to do, and I think what you have to say, to do it at four yeah, is incredible. so hard. Because they, they, yeah. it right? would have been this thing where Disney yep. was like, do another one, do another one. Yep. And you know, John Lasseter and those guys care about exactly. the, 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 the brand recognition of the IP. And yep. so they'd be pushing back going, Nah, three was gold. We're yep. done. Yep. Um, but to then obviously take the time to craft a, an amazing story yes. was really good. Look, number three is probably sitting at number two for me, just because a bit like how you spoke, Scotty, about how that number one was a real emotional attachment to you. That number three, I went to go see it with a, a few friends and and my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she had flown from interstate. Anyway, long story. I'm not going to go into, but basically, I I have an emotional attachment to that scene and i think even if you weren't in my situation a lot of people get emotional with it so number three is um oh, damn it now i'm yeah i'm, I'm honestly tossing up right Don't now you question all your life choices <laughs> <laughs> well, you just you've just analyzed it so well i'm now questioning everything i believe so uh, can i have a tie for first place i don't know but yeah i'll, I'll go with i'll go with number three is probably my number one toy story four it's, it's awful when you get down to the pointy end of the list. I'm going to go... Yeah. Look, honestly, the the graphics in one, as much as they're amazing for 95, to go back yeah, and hold see up. how yeah, far we've up. come, yeah, that yeah. kind of kind of kills it a bit for me. So, it's, it's yeah, it's almost reverse. So, I'm going to go three, four, two, then one. Yep. I yeah, I mean, for me, all I want to do is put two in number one spot. And I do yeah. that as a toy collector sure. for the references to... That, that I really resonate with the mint. And I love the prospector at the end, how he, he's out of his box. And they're like, what the hell are you doing out of your box? He's, he's been in his box the whole time. 
Uh, I love that. But e- even in the credits, he's got girls in his box. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, the Barbie dolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I probably put put two there, and then for me, the rest are just so hard to to split. discern. One, I think, because I've seen it so much in the dated graphics, maybe I just put that down the list a little bit. And I love four. Four, I thought was genius to pull that out of the bag at four like how how to keep the quality up to keep it fresh dynamic interesting you know forky was just gold um (laughs) was 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 brilliant so yeah i'm just gonna say two is my favorite and then the rest kind of depends on where the mood takes you yeah yeah uh for me i'm gonna be controversial i loved i love three three is my favorite four was my least favorite so uh yeah two and three are in the uh sorry uh, one and two are in the middle somewhere. I think uh, one because it's n- nostalgic yep. m- more so than two. But yeah, yep. um, three is definitely by far my favourite. So, Darren? I'm going to say two, four, three, and one. Largely for the reasons that people have articulated before me. Two speaks to the, the toy collector, toy obsessed um, nerd in me. You know, three, I think, has that, that emotional weight and depth to it. Two... Uh, you know, um, then you've got four, which was the unexpected one. Everyone was like, "Do we really need a four after three? But they they managed to pull it off, and then some. So, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes to the passion and creativity that goes into that franchise. Okay, so that's this leads us to the next yeah. question, which is, do we need a five, Scotty? And we'll go to you. And if we do, what what do they need to put in there, short of basically having Woody? chopped into lots of pieces in an agonizing death for you what what else needs to be part of that movie to make a five work so i need everybody to put their uh, tinfoil hats on <laughs> i'm about to take you down a rabbit hole because i'm so glad you asked this question he's been plotting this for a while i feel uh, yes there look when you have as much toy story toys as i do and i have shelves full of them you just get into the lore and you get into the nitty-gritty and the deep dives so the only thing that number five can be and has to be is a prequel. And you're going, Good what's call. the prequel? Yeah, so yeah. do you guys know Mike, Mike Mozart? He's like OG toy collector, big on YouTube when YouTube was only just becoming a thing. Okay. No, so no, it doesn't ring a bell. Sorry. He's doing the rounds and stuff anyway. So he was friends with Joe Ramft, who he's now passed, but he was one of the writers on the original Toy Story film. <laughs> So Joe and Mike are sitting around one day as toy collectors do, and we're all toy collectors. And what do toy collectors do when they're sitting around talking about movies? Point out continuity errors, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's Mike going to Joe, you've, you've made a mistake, you've done this and you've done that. And this is where we get our tinfoil hats on. So I've put some notes down to make sure I don't stuff this up. So um, Mike said to Joe, oh, you've made some errors, you know, if we go back and watch number one, you'll notice that Andy's dad is not there, not present. And so Mike said, yeah, his dad's died. And then you go, well, if his dad's died, why is Andy so happy and enjoying his birthday? So then Mike goes, well, because Andy's dad died a long time ago. And what's actually happening in the movie is they've moved back to Andy's dad's house. So the house they're in at the start of the movie that they're packing up to leave is actually Andy's dad's house and because Andy's dad's died and obviously his wife has inherited the estate she's moved back they've been there for six or so months and she's been packing up and getting everything organized because it wasn't her house to Mm -hmm. obviously move it along so 
he was going on with that. And so basically then it gets to the Woody toy. So he starts talking about the Woody toy and some of the different things in that. And so it actually turns out that Woody was Andy's dad's toy Ooh. and Andy's dad's name was Andy. So you've got Andy senior. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. So Andy, and when you look at toy story two, you'll notice that Andy is written on Woody's boot different to what it's written on the other toys boot because it was written by Andy senior not Andy Jr. And so and, uh, Woody's been in the toy box up in the attic of this house um, since the 1950s. And he's been there with um, Etch and Slinky and uh, Mr. Potato Head, which if you do some Googling, they're all toys that were out in real life in the 50s. Yeah, that makes so, a lot of sense, as does Woody being a cowboy, because Westerns were huge. Huge back in then. In the 1950s. Yep. So, so you've got all this set up and he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, and then he's talking about but you you're just making this up andy's dad's not in the film so in the first film when andy's running down the stairs with buzz there's a scene where if you blink and you miss it but you see all these photo frames down the staircase and they're actually of andy senior because in one of the photos he's wearing glasses and nowhere in any of the four movies does andy wear glasses so that's like he's like no this wasn't a mistake we wrote this into the wow. movie. the clues are there if you look for them so the reason why woody and and um, mr potato head and edge got put into storage was because andy's dad had polio so got very sick so his family had to move for doctors or whatever so and then you get so if that's not enough then you get into the subplot of woody so in the second film you might remember prospector turns around to woody and goes boy, he doesn't know who he is. And that's because Woody just thought he was a random, because, you know, he goes, Woody, and Woody's surprised. Woody just thought he was a random cowboy toy that Andy Senior, who he doesn't even know existed, because he thinks that Andy Junior and Andy Senior are the same person, um, named him. So he, that's why he's surprised the prospector knows his name. But in the second film, they see that little black and white video. With, yep. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. Which is made by uh, Captain Crunch or Crunchy something or other. The cereal company's called. Yeah. So what it was is the cereal company was doing one of those 1950s promotions where you buy a bunch of cereal boxes, you cut out the barcode, you mail away the barcode, and they send you a toy. So um, Andy Senior was cutting out his crunchy barcodes and saving up, but because his family was poor, he never got a toy. So they were making all these toys, getting them ready for production. And Woody was actually a prototype. Now in the second movie, you'll see in that scene, Andy uh, Woody steps on a magazine and it's got the launch of Sputnik. What happened was Sputnik went up. Nobody yep. cared about Westerns anymore. It was all about space toys, yes. which is where yeah. the prospector's resentment for spacemen comes from. Right. They, never went, they never went into production. So Woody was just a prototype. All the kids that sent in the right amount of barcodes all got shipped their, their space toys that they got back then. But Andy Senior didn't have enough barcodes. And so he wrote a letter and said, I don't have enough. I'm really poor, blah, blah, blah. The secretary saw it, pulled the Woody prototype out of the bin and actually mailed ah. it to him. <laughs> he was such a big fan. But that's why the Woody's Roundup cartoon was never finished because the serial company just pivoted to space toys. And that's why in the second movie, when Al goes to sell Woody and he's like, add an extra zero. And the guy's like, oh, pay whatever, because it's the actual it's the, only yes, Woody's in the whole world, which is what irritates me so much about the third movie, because Andy Jr. gives Woody away. And <laughs> but if he doesn't know, like, because it's his whole, as you said, passed down from his his dad from and his stuff. Dad. Yeah. 
but oh, like Ham makes Google reference to um, eBay. So we know <laughs> yeah. that eBay exists in the third film. I'm like, what kind of 17 year old doesn't Google their damn toy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? Sadly, uh, most 17 year olds. And roll credits because we've just seen Toy Story 5. Yeah. Yeah. There's nowhere else in my mind that they can go than a prequel because this story needs to be told. Yeah, Yeah, it does. I love love it. I'd I'd love to watch that film all day, man. That that, sounds awesome. And that caters to our generation and and, uh, our kids will just lap it up, you know, add in a few jokes and things and... Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I reckon I could even sell my um, my parents on on that one. I mean, they like the other Toy Stories as well, but that would speak to their generation growing up. So, yeah, yeah no, Sorry that out. would um, that would be wicked. And Western I would be all for that. Westerns is a dead, you know, like genre, genre yeah. at the moment. Like, you know, it was big well, it, back then. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, it was big it. in the nineteen fifties and sixties, and and then yeah, the space, and it, then the space race happened. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot of depth, isn't there, when you actually start thinking about this? Yeah. Very clever writing. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never watch one and two the same way again because all the clues are there. You just have to like look for them and join the dots. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, and and you made me want to watch them again. (laughs) Absolutely. All four of them. Yeah. Doing tomorrow. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's great. All right. Well, awesome to have Scotty with all that knowledge on our Toy Story catch-up. That was fantastic. We're going to head now into Pokemon. We haven't mm. talked a lot about Pokemon no. on Toy Power, and great again to have Scotty here to help us. Now, this is really interesting. We, we often talk, we al- almost have this question about what toys or toy-based properties or pop culture-based properties define the generation. And because you're a bit younger than us, Scotty, and more in that sort of that 90s generation, we, we often have called out Pokemon as sort of that next big, big property that yep. came after after Turtles. So obviously, you know, Masters of the Universe and Star Wars were big and Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers being yeah. at then, the end of yeah, that. Probably yeah. Power Rangers. The but then Pokemon one. has absolutely stayed relevant for a lot of that time. Mm. Hasn't gone away. We've had Detective Pikachu. We've had Pokemon Go. We've had Pokemon cards. There's always been Pokemon toys. The animation, I mean, the amount of seasons that we've had on Pokemon as well. What what do you think, Scotty, is the key to the longevity of Pokemon and being kind of in that era when it was around? What's been like the core driver for the success of Pokemon? Yep, so... I sort of put it down to three things. So the initial, like the initial release, I think just the sheer saturation of it, because we're talking pre-social media, pre-Facebook days, pre-Instagram days. You know, I know you guys, um, because I listen to the show every week, you've got all your masters, you know, which was often, you know, like your turtles and stuff, which was often a cartoon accompanied by a toy line. But when you look at Pokemon, you've got, the cartoon which was obviously on cheese tv yep you had the the movies that came out you had the game boy video games mm-hmm. you had the tcg card game you had manga books you had the toys you had the happy meal toys it was literally like i think the first toy that went viral before going viral because you just couldn't you couldn't go anywhere it didn't matter if you're in a bookstore a video store a game store or a toy store it just you couldn't go anywhere without seeing pokemon it was just everywhere and you know parents 
hated it. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember I was one of those kids that probably got Pokemon cards banned at my school because I would just get all of my commons and I'd be like, I'll give you 15 cards for one card. And I was getting like the foil Charizard and just giving them like 15 Caterpies and Weedles. Like (laughs) I was hustling. I was already hustling back then, weren't you? Oh, I was hustling. Funny, so I was hustling in grade four. I convinced my mum to buy me TV Hits magazine in grade four because she said, oh, you can have Tuck Shop or, you know, and I said, no, no, I don't want Tuck Shop. Just buy me TV Hits. <laughs> so I used to get the TV Hits magazine. And this is back when you've got Spice Girls, Destiny Child, Shakira, you know, that Venga Boys, that kind of era. And I used to just used to get a big poster, like a big oversized two fold out poster, the A4 ones. And then I'd cut out the smaller ones and I'd go to school with a little plastic sleeve with my posters in them. I'd sell the big ones for $2. <laughs> uh, quarter size ones for 50 cents. I was like $15 to tuck shop money a week. <laughs> I was rolling until some kid snitched to his mum on me and then they shut me down. <laughs> Scotty the toy dealer. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. Always hustling. Yeah. So, amazing. so yeah, I think the saturation was what I think gave it the initial success. You just couldn't ignore it. Yep. And then I think this thing that's given it its longevity is firstly the care. You know, a lot of Western properties, once the sales figures die down, they just shelve it and they try and reboot it or whatever they yep, do. Yep. Uh, but Pokemon's had this consistent kind of flow to it. You know, um, I put some stats down for you guys, but anyone want to take a stab at how many Pokemon games have been released since 1996? Oh, okay. Um, there's probably, I, I think, well, Game Boy's had the most versions, I think. and But they've but each each generation of console have had a couple of games on it. Like for 64, you had Pokemon Snap. Uh, the photography thing, which I never got, yeah. uh, like I never understood what yeah, what yeah. the appeal the hell the game was. <laughs> see, even I see, even my wife, who's two years younger, has a massive was a massive fan of Pokemon. Whereas me, graduating two years uh, earlier, mm. I missed all that. You know, I missed the whole Pokemon scene. So, yeah. but my little brother was massive into it. So there's my connection yeah, to Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, number, number. Uh, twenty five. One hundred and twenty-two. Oh. <laughs> just the lazy, oh. just the lazy hundred off. Yeah. Twenty-five. Twenty-five would be probably about the mainline games. Right. Yeah. All of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeons, the Pokemon Snaps, the Pokemon Stadiums. Wow. Um, the Pokemon, like obviously, yeah. you got Pokemon Go. You got all that. So that's one hundred and twenty-two games since its release. Yeah. So you know, and there's the they've got the puzzle games and the individual yeah. games, and then there's the Obviously, you've also got the TCG, which has two to four sets released every year. So you're always getting fresh sets there. Pokemon had originally 151 Pokemon. They're now up to 896 Pokemon. Uh, There's been 18 movies. And the TV show, which first aired in 1997, is in its 23rd season. It's done 47 to 50 episodes every year for 23 years. It's pushing Simpsons out of the... uh, Out of the arena. Yeah. Wow. You know, and what's, I think what's great about it is if you look at, and I haven't seen it yet, but I've got some of the toys for the new Scoob movie, which looks like it's been rebooted to be a bit more edgy and a bit more modern. But Mm. when you look at Pokemon and I've got the new Pokemon sword game, and I've also got the original Pokemon red on the cartridge in my Game Boy black and white with its like red, uh, black and green graphics, the games play very much the same, you Mm -hmm. know, 
you get one Pokemon to start out with, you're on level five, you run around in the tall grass, you power up, you beat the gym leaders, you fight the Elite Four, and that's the same for Pokemon Sword. So you haven't had this rebooting and changing and reinventing it. It's the same Pokemon, but it's just been grown and, and it's had its ups and downs and it has had some dud games. Um, but I think just because they never really pandered to mainstream culture because it was always more with Japan and anime, it's more considered fine art yep. than it is something mm. for kids. It hasn't been sort of susceptible to the same forces that Western properties are where they have a bit of a lull. So the execs all scramble and they're like, how do we ruin this to try and make it appeal to somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> What's that Simpsons episode where Homer voices that dog? Um no? No. no, no, sorry, no. But it's, a, it's an exact <laughs> summary of the executives getting involved, ratings are down, bringing yeah. this new character, yeah. and and it just tanks the whole thing. <laughs> okay, um, right. Poochie. Yeah, Poochie, 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 yeah, 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 that's right. the one, Darren, yep. Darren, yeah, knows. Now that's a uh, that's a fascinating yeah. analysis. I've never thought of it in that perspective, but that that's absolutely spot on the money hey do you have a favorite character scotty like darren i can couldn't pick just one i had to pick two <laughs> the poster nice. child for people who can't just pick one yeah. <laughs> uh so nothing in terms of i'm not a fan of charizard or pikachu like get out if that's your favorite go and watch pokemon and find a real one <laughs> um, anyone that says my favorite's pikachu i'm like okay the grown-ups are talking now <laughs> Um, so yeah, my favorite is, um, Snorlax, which obviously yes. he was in the, um, mainline game and, you know, there's this whole subplot where you've got to wake him up with the, the poker flute, but I just love the idea of a Pokemon that just can't be bothered. So just, you know, trolls yeah. on into battle and is like having a nap while you're like, come on, use like, use the punch. Like, and he's yeah. like no, yeah. I'm good. And, uh, my other favorite is Chansey, who's the little, uh, actually I brought a little nanoblock toy so you could see yep. Yeah. Uh, but she's like the Pokemon that lives in the Pokemon Center. Um, but I've been playing Pokemon Go for like three years now with the sole goal of trying to catch enough Chansey so I can evolve it into a Blissey. And I just got there with the latest event that was on a few months ago. Oh, congrats. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Frank, you got a uh, Pokemon secret fascination with a Pokemon character? Uh, well, I've been told that I can't pick uh, the two <laughs> names that I would know straight away. So thinking on my feet. No. Probably, uh, is it Squirtle? Squirtle, yeah. Because, because I sit there, you know, a lot of these things are made to be sort of uh, borderline passive-aggressive, you know, with, you know, lightning or fire. And then you just got, I'm just a turtle. Just squirts yep. water. Yeah. Like, I just, I just, I'm squirtle, in love with the concept. Squirtle, squirtle, squirtle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I, I'm not sure how he plays as a, as a character on the show. I haven't seen barely he's, any he's, episodes of it. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> He joins the Squirtle Squad and they all get like triangle-shaped sunglasses and they just go around playing pranks on people. <laughs> Done. I found my new spirit animal. Like. <laughs> Trent, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm not I'm not big into the lore, um, but I do like, in terms of character designs, I love the Team Rocket. Um, the, and I, I can't even tell you the names of the two the two characters, but I think they look, they're just... Jesse and, Jesse and James. There you go, Jesse and James. Um, nice designs, kind of, you know, the renegades, and, and I do like that. And I, I know SH Figarts put out some toys mm, have. A couple, about a year ago or a couple of years ago. And they did Nash with a Pikachu and they did the Jesse and James from Team Rocket. Um, and they were beautiful. Like, in my opinion, uh, you know, as, as limited as my background is in the lore, you know, I watched a few of the cartoons growing up, 
but I was just like, oh, that would be my kind of tribute to Pokemon. Yep. Thankfully, with, you know, I, I didn't open up another can of worms for my collection because <laughs> I, I certainly didn't need that. But yeah, I, I think the, the toys is a really interesting one. We won't go around and get, get favorites, but um, just the variety of toys because my recollection was those sort of li- almost little plug figures, you yep. know, like not not articulated yep. action figures, but just little figurines essentially. Yeah, that, that sort of story's got. That was... And they were so expensive. <laughs> I remember going to the store. Yeah. You'd go into Maya and you'd get like three of these little figurines for you know fifteen dollars or something. But I'd love to know where you actually if you can log into you know eBay China and just get like the bulk lots of like hundred of these little figurines for you know cheap cheap prices. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's probably some bootlegs out bootlegs. there. Bootlegs. Yeah. Oh, there's there is bootleg galore. <laughs> yeah, bootleg yeah. after bootleg for sure. Uh, my favourite, it's always hands down my favourite, it's the evolution of Squirtle. It is Blastoise. Is Blastoise? Blastoise, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, I freaking love that. Like, he's like a bear with a massive turtle shell uh, with huge cannons uh, on each side. And I've just always gravitated to that. I just think uh, he is the bomb. <laughs> nice. So, Darren, you got a favourite uh, Pokemon? I, I'm like Trent. I don't really know the law that well. I'm, I'm gonna say the turtle is it Squirtle? The Squirtle. We're talking to Squirtle. Yep. And that answer has been taken. Sorry. <laughs> try again. <laughs> I don't know any others other than Pikachu. You were gonna and, say uh, Pikachu. Let's be honest. Pikachu. Yeah. I'm not gonna say Pikachu. You can have um. You can have Psyduck, Darren. Yeah. You've seen you've seen Detective Pokemon, haven't you? Yeah, Pikachu. You can have Psyduck. He gets the headache. Psyduck's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds cool. He sounds cool. <laughs> oh, take him. I, I think Darren's more of Mr. Mime. I like. I'm a bit of a fan of Eevee as well. I like the evolutions of Eevee, how he fire and um, ice and all that. I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, that that really got fleshed out too. You've got uh, Flareon, Jolteon, and Vaporeon as your your main three in your original, and then they went. Everybody loves Eevee, so then you got Glaceon, Umbreon, Espeon, uh, Leafeon. Uh, yeah, it's all from yeah. memory, folks. Just, just pick a, pick a word and add on to the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or I like I like uh, is it Essek or the, which is snake backwards? Like because oh, it's a snake nice. Pokemon. Yeah, Pickens, yeah. yeah. Yep. They're just they're very clever. I think uh, I've, I watch my wife play and she tells me, "Look, I've got Pikachu with a new hat," and it's like, "Yep, cool." <laughs> so, yeah. So we mentioned uh, the movie a couple of times, Detective Pikachu. As someone who is uh, a much more invested fan than than the four of us, how did that? Now you mentioned there've been other movies. I assume they've all been animated movies. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yep. yep. So as the first real sort of big live action, you know, big budget Ryan Reynolds, how did you how did you find that movie? Look, I loved it, but that's because when I was a teenager, I was like loving Van Wilder. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm bleeding. You don't have to be a teenager love Van Wilder. That film still holds up. So, you know, oh. when I was like 18, 19, anytime I had a girl, I was like, let's watch Van Wilder. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. Party you know, liaison. It was back when Tara Reid was still hot. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yep. So when Deadpool came out, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Van Wilder, but he's a superhero. And then... <laughs> When Detective Pikachu came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Van Wilder as Deadpool as Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) Ticking all the boxes. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, I've I've heard a lot of hate about the movie from the hardcore, like, Pokemon community, but as such a big Ryan Reynolds fan, like, 
literally if you close your eyes you're like oh my gosh deadpool's trapped in pikachu's body like you know like <laughs> I can see it <laughs> you know so it was for me it was just a it was a good romp like it wasn't it was all right for in terms of the lore and the mates it doesn't really hold anything to what you get from the anime but like it was a fun film and i think it did a great thing in that it sort of exposed people who probably weren't very familiar with the property to something that was a bit on the lighter side mm. very fun very you know you don't need to know anything about pokemon to walk in and watch detective pikachu and have a good time you know it probably upset the fanboys more than anything but you know they'll get over it they've got like i said 23 seasons and 18 movies they can go and watch so they'll, they'll be all right yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah yeah for sure hey um this is a story i've been waiting a long time to unpack with you scotty um, yeah. And obviously big into the Pokemon trading cards, but I hear that you've had a toy store that you've Did. owned and operated a toy store. So it's in the past, but I'd love to hear that story of what led you to do that. How much of Pokemon was part of that journey for you and the trading frenzy that was well, it started with Pokemon in year cards. four yeah <laughs> well that's right like i want to see this journey the, the evolution from, yeah, the we're evolution, talking poke, right. pokemon we need to you know throw an evolution from being ratted out in the playground by one of the kids and being shut down they couldn't stop you so tell us a little bit about where that ended up for you so uh it was what am i it's about six seven years ago now whenever cards against humanity was like not a thing it was back then right because <laughs> one of my big products was cards against humanity but um so how it started is i was going to that place that we all have to go to if we want to go to a brick and mortar store that sells pop culture but it's mostly just pop vinyls that they sell yeah so now now that we're all on the same yep. page, got, yep. it. got it so yeah, we know who you uh so i was going there and i didn't just collect because i used to move around a lot i didn't just collect Pokemon cards. I actually had a big trunk just filled with cards. I had uh, 1980 Superman cards. I had um, the original 89, 90 release of the Ninja Turtles cards. I had Stargate cards, Final Fantasy cards, uh, Andromeda cards, wow. yeah, Big Bang cards, like anything that was a trading card, like you name it, I had it. And it was hard to get back then because eBay wasn't as accessible you know international postage was expensive and so i was relying on these places to try and get things and i was actually trying to get new pokemon cards and believe it or not i went to this place and they really didn't have any they just had you know five thousand pop finals <laughs> and just, in sheer frustration i just basically went home and created myself an abn so i could just start trying to sign up to wholesalers to try and import the stuff myself so I actually started out doing that and I would open up all the packs, complete all my cards. And I started selling all the doubles on eBay. Um, and that gave me a bit of money to play with because I was actually doing pretty all right out of that. And inside tip, so you can actually weigh the packs. And if you've got scales that weigh to 0.1 of a gram, you can actually weigh the packs and know which packs are going to have the foil cards in it. Oh, man. Wow. What, what I, that, I needed yeah. this information back when 1992 <laughs> when I was collecting the Batman Returns cards, man. Like, you know? they, weigh, they weigh more or something. Yes. They weigh, yeah. weigh 0.1 of a gram yeah. more. Because wow. it's an extra card in the pack. So you you get seven cards no, as standard. No, they literally the foil. Yeah. yeah, same amount of cards, but oh. because the card stock was thicker. Right. So oh, the card it stock. weighed slightly more than the other one. So I never ever walk into a brick and mortar store 
and buy just loose booster packs. If you're ever going to buy them, you need to buy this the shrink wrap seal complete box because that's yeah. the only way to guarantee yeah. someone hasn't come through and dodgied them and taken all yeah. the goodness. Wow. Because um, if you get a foil card, some of the foil cards can be worth upwards of $80, $90, depending what's in the meta, you know, because the, the TCG is still very popular, has the worldwide game. So depending what's in the meta, those cards can be very, very expensive. And as soon as the meta goes out, the, obviously the values die down. But yeah, so there's a lot of people out there who are weighing the things. So I'm selling these cards on eBay. I'm doing pretty well. And then up here in um, Brisbane, we had this micro retailer called MyCube. And basically what they did is they leased out, they had all these shelves and they leased out space. So you could get a small sort of 50 centimeter by 50 centimeter cube for $7 a day. So I actually started out and I just rented one of these and put some Pokemon cards in it. But then because I love cards, I started getting like Vanguard Card Fight, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering. Um, and then I started getting into Cards Against Humanity. I was actually the first person in Australia to have Cards Against Humanity stocked in a brick and mortar store. Wow. You could just walk in and buy it because yep. before that, it was online only. So I was churning, turning over about $15,000 a month just oh, in this little store. Yeah. And then so... I then hooked up with a couple who were in the store as well, but they had this toy store in the Western suburbs of Brisbane, which is the opposite to most Western suburbs because it's kind of like where the posh people live. <laughs> <laughs> Brisbane's very just back to front. It makes no sense. But um, <laughs> they were basically about to shut the doors because they couldn't turn a profit and I didn't have any money. I was doing quite well with what I was doing with my thing but basically all the money i was getting i was reinvesting because i started with nothing i just bought some cards and started selling them on ebay and as my capital grew so did my appetite yeah um so i said to them how about we go 50 50 i'll run it you guys bankroll it and off we go so they said all right so i basically quit my job and started running this toy store full time and we went from thousand dollars a week to about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a week oh, in the space of about six weeks because i basically built it on the back of pops and i was undercutting that store that we won't talk about <laughs> <laughs> and i was basically running that product at no margin to get people in the door wow and then i was basically pivoting so i was uh, i actually found a um a wholesaler in hong kong and i was importing like um, dragon ball z one piece um, like sort out online, those sorts of anime yep. properties mm -hmm. in and nobody, again, nobody really had these available in brick and mortar. So people were coming in for the pops and then I had all this anime. Then I started pivoting into board games quite heavily as well. So I'd basically take the board games home, play them all. And I'd just pick my favorite five or six and just drum the, the living daylights out of them. And so I was growing these little organic communities in products I could sell more of because you get bored of a board game, you come back and buy another board yep. game. So, yeah. yep. um, and uh, my favorite thing about the store was I actually started up a Pokemon tournament. Now, Pokemon's a little bit like the jocks at school. So <laughs> if you go to actual Pokemon tournaments, they're just crazy people there who are not very nice and they're very, you know, and so <laughs> you actually have to sign up to become a member and you have to get vetted by Pokemon oh to the gosh. official leagues. Yeah. And I was just like, I just love the card game. So what I actually did is went to hell with that. 
I don't want any of these, you know, 15 to 25 year olds who are hardcore and just, you know, be mean to all the people that don't know how to play. So I actually started up and I was just mostly focused on kids that were sort of four to eight. And so I started off and only two kids came the first Sunday I did it. And I basically taught them how to play Pokemon properly. And then the next week their parents came and I taught their parents how to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this game's like really good for math and reading. And I'm like, I know, right? Within the space of three months, we went from two kids to we averaged 60 to 80 kids a week. Wow. It, we, like we was in the middle of the shopping center, which it was only a small shopping center. So it was mostly all the shops were sat on Sunday, except for like Mitre 10 and Coles. And we just had trestle tables running for like 20 meters Jeez. with just kids all lined up playing cards. And honestly, it was so good because there were so many kids that had um, learning needs and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it was a way that their parents could actually connect with them and engage with them and like, for me, the reason why I actually stepped away from the toy store is actually my business partners were basically shuffling all the money around and I was getting literally nothing. Ah, um, and so it was very hard for me to walk away from because I felt like for these kids, you know, the cool kids go and play football on the weekend or whatever. Now they were the cool kids who were going and playing Pokemon and they didn't feel bad for kind of being like nerdy. It was like all of a sudden it was cool because there was yep. all these kids yeah, and they were taken. Yep. And it was, and in the parents as well, it was just crazy seeing like, I had like parents coming and actually bawling their eyes out being like, I've never been able to connect with my kid. And now like we've got something that we can do to get, and it was so hard to walk away from that. Um, but, you know, I took a lot away from the experience. If I ever have enough money to go it alone, I'll probably have another crack at it mm. um, because it was very, very rewarding. And it, for me, I was doing, everything that that other company doesn't do which is care about the properties care about the people knowledge you know. yeah yeah and yeah. love love what it is because you yeah. know there's nothing worse than walking into that shoebox and they're like oh can i and you're like just no you just can't go away, go away. Yeah. <laughs> if i find something that you haven't managed to smash the box on <laughs> and you know isn't twice the price that it is everywhere else maybe i'll buy it but i'm probably just here to look around so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well we often talk about the uh, the frank mart here mm. on toy power and, yep. and opening up a frank mart well we know who to get on board <sighs> if we ever go down the path of frank mart Absolutely. we bank we bankroll it and then yep. scotty manages and runs the show yep. but there's there's a lot to that and bricks and mortar i always find it's an interesting analysis Mm. we talk about it a lot and we talk about what differentiates in this world a brick and mortar store to make it successful and i think scotty's hit the nail on the head there around the care and the love and and we often talk about what is that what is that experience that the customer has that is the experience you know that you get them in you teach them something the parents love it because they're building their skills the kids love it because they're entertaining and you sell, at the end of the day, it's what you love, mm. and there's no denying that, but where are they going to buy the cards from if they want the cards? Well, they're going to buy it from that store. Yep. And and yep. so that is the care that then feeds back into the equation to, to make the bricks and mortar store experience worthwhile and, and commercial, commercially viable. So fascinating insight there. I want to unpack this more with Scotty off air because we're going to be running out of time soon, mm. but brilliant. Brilliant knowledge Amazing. of the industry um, and fascinating to, to hear those stories. Oh, we're gonna to have to change your name, Scotty. Scotty the toy, the toy entrepreneur, maybe or... <laughs> toy, toy hustler. The toy hustler. Uh, I mean, and the the funny thing is, I work in sales, so you know, my whole life, like I'm a business development manager now. Before that, I was an account manager. Before that, I was a salesperson. I've been a store, like 
I can't escape it. It just follows yep. me everywhere <laughs> I go. <laughs> yep, back, much back. like the toys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, that's I, I, dra- I drag them with me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like all good toy collectors. Hey, Scotty, before we let you go, where can people find more about you? Uh, so at the moment, I'm mostly on Instagram at Scotty the Toy Hunter. So S C O T Y and Toy Hunter um, and Hunter spelt H U N T A, much like the center. Because <laughs> 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 the hunter with the ER was already taken, but I am because um, I've got my toy room set. I am working on. I've got a YouTube channel under the same name, but I'm working on what I'll be calling um, Scotty's Two Minute Toy Reviews. Yep. Um, cool. So look out for that in the near future. Just Definitely will have my baby first and <laughs> yeah 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 and, and good luck uh, yeah. with that with that youtube channel in the next you know we'll see that probably in about five years yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why the videos are two minutes yeah, <laughs> smart man yeah no you, you've done that you know you know you'll be fine no that's it look scotty thank you so much for coming on toy power this has been an absolute blast to talk uh, Pokemon and um, Toy Story. Fantastic mm. uh, to have you on here, those insights, and all the best with the uh, the new arrival. Mm. Thanks, heaps. Looking forward to it. It's going to be some sleepless nights, but I've got plenty of toys to keep me coming. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, best wishes, Scotty. And, you know, I'm often up at night. You know, I'm a night owl. So, you know, if um, hit us up for a chat on the Discord or wherever, um, you know, it, it'll be awesome, I'm sure. Great guest, you'll have to come back and take care and, and best wishes with everything that's happening. And, and and to all our listeners, stay safe. And until next time, good journey. <laughs> God, put some extra sauce on that, yeah. didn't he? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Good that stuff. was awesome, really man. Good. That was really so, so insightful yeah. and just, uh, yeah, really cool. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.